just start this shit. Welcome to the Neon Valley Podcast. Neon Valley Podcast. Neon Valley. Episode 12. Up in this piece. What's going on? How it, you doing? It is going on. That's what's going on. Oof. It is going on, Mitchell. You are correct. Uh, I didn't open the website I wanted to before we started. How you doing today, man? I'm doing fantastic. You know, it's been a it's been a busy week, but that's a great thing. Signed up for a golf tournament, so I'll be doing that in July. Oh shit! Don't tell Audrey. And (laughs) (laughs) yep. I think literally, I think we've started almost every week of this podcast by saying how we're doing and we both say ah busy week it's been a busy, it's a busy, busy week, week. <laughs> uh, and it's, that, that's because we're adults now <laughs> i know right and it's usually only sunday or monday when we say that so it's like which are we t- did it just start is it just ending who knows you know i did do one uh i think more exciting thing that that you don't get to do uh all the time i got to let uh Strahini and jordan know that they're going to be the godparents uh for our daughter Ari. so we're very excited about Ooh. that whoa, whoa. that's awesome congrats yeah. Strahinia. no that's awesome man that's creeping up isn't it uh i mean goddamn yes it'll be in august jeez good lord godspeed my friend <laughs> the fast speed ever <laughs> uh, i was about to give context and say that you're having a baby but i feel like if people can't piece that together by you saying you made them their godparents that's their fault right like that's that's all yeah there's other there's other things going on um (laughs) so shame on them yeah exactly shame on them shame on them uh so okay before we get into talking about some of the actual topics we brought to the table today i uh I tell me, okay, I went on to chat GPT. We've talked about this in a previous episode, our good old friend, AI. Mm. And I was curious to how well it would give a prompt for podcasters. I was like, what would it do for to, like a topic? I thought about this. Interesting. I'm glad you actually did it. Yeah, because I was like, if I'm not too specific, but give it just enough Will it actually give me something or will it just give me bullshit? You know, the, your very basic blech, whatever. And I'm not going to lie, man. That, like, it gave me like 10 responses, like option, like ideas for episodes. And I think we're a little bit too, of a, too much of a free-flowing show to really do some of these because they're very like analytical sounding ones. You know, like they feel like they hone in on one topic, you know, solely. Mm, um, I gotcha. But there's some good ones, man. Like here, listen to this one. They give they give like a title, and then they give an example of what you would say or not say, but like the the description of the episode. You know. Um, oh, and real quick, I'll put I'll say what I put the prompt in as. So I told ChatGPT, I said, come up with topics for two podcasters to talk about. These two podcasters are 29 year old males and they make music. The podcast isn't about music, but they talk about it sometimes. The podcast mainly focuses on pop culture, <laughs> movies, and random topics. So, you know, I'm giving it a gambit. It can really do anything, but it's still, I'm kind of giving it some kind of idea, you know? Oh, right, um, yeah. So, so the first one is Nostalgia Trip, exploring the impact of 90s culture. Right, uh, like not bad. Like really, okay, like not yeah, I, that that's uh, definitely topical. Like if I came to you and was like, "Hey, I want to talk about like '90s, like how how the '90s has influenced culture today." Like I doubt you would be like, "That's something AI would come up with." What the fuck is wrong with you? 
Yeah, I'm like, what are you, a robot? Yeah. Uh, the evolution of superhero movies from campy to epic. <laughs> Look, they're even coming up with little, like, catchy titles and stuff. Wow. Uh, is it, yeah, the power of memes, how internet culture shapes the world. Cinematic gems, underrated movies you need to watch. That's basically what we do. That's that's our podcast. <laughs> what? Bro, who? They, I'm telling you, they've been listening to us for years. Wait. <laughs> yeah, we're just the ringers. Dude, I can't. I can't. don't know who they are, but they have. Yeah, this AI shit's scary, man. Uh... <laughs> Spooky scary. It's, it's a little too... It's a little too serious, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just still re reading through some of these. Okay. So you mentioned right before we started recording, it might even be still in there. Uh, bit of that iDubs controversy going on, right? You 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 know a lot more about it though. Yeah. So from what I read on a Twitter thread, uh, which lets you know right off the bat how fully informed I am of the situation. He did an apology video, but more than that, he took down all his old videos that he was apologizing for oh. um, and pretty much said that that kind of stuff wasn't what he actually believes okay. um, and that he he had gone as far to say like he deeply regrets and he understands that that him apologizing will not make an impact pack necessarily in terms of, you know, fixing the situation. But that, you know, he wants to be more on the side of an advocate for being a, a better person and and looking back and, and seeing that was not correct at the time. Mm -hmm. So awesome. He took down the the videos that he said, like, these were all wrong. That 20, 2016 era of YouTube. Yeah. Um, he's he just said, you know, that it wasn't it wasn't right under any circumstances. Okay. And his fan base is mad, pretty much saying you taught us to be this way <laughs> why are you changing now uh, so okay. kind of goes back to that prior conversation we have about artists you know trying to branch out but now you have someone who's genuinely trying to to be a better person make better choices and and the quote that i saw from the thread and i'm if i can find it i'll i'll add the name of the the person who said it but they pretty much said it it's like dr frankenstein trying to to convince his monster to grow up pretty much <laughs> um that that's not the way you treat people and that that was wrong mm. uh and but, and again it, it but the metaphor being that he's the direct cause quote unquote he's it, the creator. exactly yeah the yeah. whole thing about it saying that he was the catalyst for it um i okay that's interesting i'm sorry wait was there more i didn't mean to interrupt you it, it, there was, but again, it was more of just this person. This person seemed to very much say, like, I condemn him for what he did in that era, but I consider this to be a very genuine apology in terms of, like, went as far as to actually take down the videos and not just say, well, it's what was popular at that time or that was that era, you know. It wasn't that I felt that way. Oh, okay. It was just that, that time. And so they were saying, you know, from that perspective, I... I, you know, appreciate the sincere apology and it, it kind of sets a new standard for when you make a mistake trying to correct it. But it was also just that, that, that realization of you are now going to be responsible for what you started as a joke back then. Yeah. Um, and, it, and again, YouTube hasn't been around 
that long it might feel like it to maybe younger generations but there yeah. was a whole period of my childhood that youtube didn't exist so for him it's like he didn't know he was a kid at that time again not not to excuse it no, uh, no, no. and not to say that it was it was everything was right but just to say like he had no idea that he was a a figure in i guess that that youtube uh generation yeah because no i agree with you i don't I don't blame him necessarily like for saying the things he did back then like I know it's always easy to just say oh it was a different time and like but a lot of times it was you know and a, for the most part iDubs is a kind of special case and has always kind of been at least in my opinion because he always did it almost like as commentary on why you shouldn't be saying that shit or like do you know what I mean like I I, I I mean, obviously, some of it was very problematic that was beyond just him saying, like, the N-word and, like, shit like that. You know what I mean? Um, I Where it falls on the conversation of, like, him creating a generation of people who act like that, I don't think that's necessarily fair. I think no matter what, it, it is a byproduct. It is something that happens, and it's something we need to, like, talk about and figure out. But at the same time, it's like, he's not his brother's keeper. He He's not, like... When he makes a joke video, it's kind of like you were saying, he's not intending for millions of kids to then follow his lifestyle. You know, he's not Andrew Tate who's trying to get kids to literally follow his life, you know? Right. Same kind of thing with Eminem. When he he even then references later on in the songs, like, we just rap about it in songs and then collect our checks. Like, mm -hmm. Like this yeah. is a whole separate life. So like, okay, just just tell the judge it was my fault, and they'll come after. Like pretty much saying like you just blame me. I guess it's it's my fault for yeah, the fact you're you're not being parents. Yeah. So again, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of factors there. Yeah. But that's the thing too is I consumed iDubs. I watched a lot of him in like that mid 2000s era like you know cody alex they were the ones who showed me him and filthy frank who became like joji you know and all it's that so shit. crazy that i had no idea who he was until you showed me <laughs> one of the videos yeah like his content cop videos idubs like those are classics like and i'm sure maybe one or two of those he might have taken down because he probably said something problematic in them <laughs> uh yeah, it's it's interesting. He might have taken them all down. It's, what would you say? I said he might have taken them all down. Oh, damn! That that's what I'm saying. Like it was that dramatic of, like, and, and it's part of the reason I think so many people were from his fan base. Like, what? Yeah, and I'm you scrolling know, scrolling on this page right now to see if I see any content cop. Because I was going to say, he also might not have wanted to bother watching all of his stuff to figure out what video he said something fucked up in. So he was like, just get rid of them all. Just screw it. I mean, true. You do so many years of videos like that. That's kind of hard. Oh, dude, I don't see a single video titled Content Cop. And it already says eight years ago. Wow, 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 wow. That's I see crazy. Kickstarter crap. Um, bad unboxing. Yeah, I, I think he just pulled all that. That's crazy, because, yeah, those are pretty, like, um, those are safe videos. It's just him literally, like, making fun of a Kickstarter or, like, a, like unboxing stuff, you know? So, yeah, it's not too, uh, it doesn't get dicey. Um, I mean, maybe, because yep. you'll have to give me some more context on exactly what he felt was problematic. Because, I, obviously, I know he's he says everything and anything, and that's always kind of been his brand. It's whatever. But is he also kind of 
referring to maybe even like bullying like is does he consider some of the content cop stuff like just him trashing people online for no reason well like, i guess yeah with with the content cop they were saying in that thread that a lot of people quit their their youtube their or their careers were ruined because mm. of the way he talked about them so they were saying he ruined a lot of people's careers starting out and and they never got a chance just because of his videos which were him again the kind of half joking half just pointing stuff out but it was enough that people yeah. lost their channels i i guess in in yeah. what i was reading from the thread no, i should read the apology video uh read i should watch the apology video <laughs> yeah that's fair yeah i should i should check it out because i i i am fascinated i saw it pop up on my feed the other day i just didn't get around to like looking into it more i just kind of saw the backlash that some of his fans were mad that he was apologizing and all that stuff but now i get why i i can see but yeah i don't think that for those people that's a fair I, like you i think it's just a scapegoat it's pointing at something else and being like well it's your fault i act this way and it's like well no i feel like there's a million other factors that could have changed that <laughs> yeah. yeah and also if you have the wherewithal to say well you're the reason i act this way what i'm supposed to act different it's like okay then yes like if <laughs> if you were already acting that way because one person lived their life this certain way well keep doing that and and now be a better person because he's trying to be a better person you know like fuck it you, you live by your own logic then you would assume yeah you, you would hope you would assume uh damn that's insane uh because, yeah, I, to put it in context, that would be, like, let's say our podcast, one of the episodes, like, just blows up, and it's an episode where we are just ripping into a movie or something, and then that director never makes a movie ever again because they got ostracized by this one fucking video that blew up or, you know, sound clip or whatever. Oh, right. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I would feel like really bad. Like, I think a younger me would shirk it off and be like, well, he's just a shitty director. So that's his fucking fault. But that now it's, that's like, oh no, well, he, you know, hold on. <laughs> it's someone's livelihood. And it, it's something that you don't even necessarily feel so passionately about where you're like, they don't deserve to work. You're just oh, like, oh, I just made comments on something for a video. Yeah. And usually for comedic effect, you know, like, I'm. Oh, yeah. And you, because you know me, like, it's on. I would say you are a little bit more, especially when we're reviewing the movies, you're a little bit more leveled. You, you, <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> you come at it from a, let's say, realistic angle. And I do I, that I, as I, well. <laughs> oh, go ahead. I think I represent the average moviegoer. There you go. I, I am, I, I sometimes try to play up the kind of like overly critical movie watcher because i i think i like having that conversation because a lot of the times people walk out of movies and they just go yeah it was pretty good and it's like yeah that's pretty good uh, yeah. and then that's it and i i kind of hate that so i almost don't mind being the devil's advocate who's like yeah but that one scene was kind of weird right it didn't really work and then it gets people talking where they go well yeah it did so it's like even if they don't agree with me at least at least we're talking about the movie. <laughs> right, yeah, because at the end of the day, like, if you watch a movie and go, all right, nice, and then you don't talk about what, talk about it with someone, it left no impact on you. Like, at least leave an impact on people. Yeah, exactly. At least have some... And that might already just be a sign it's not a good movie. You know what I mean? So it's, like, right True. there, but... But then they keep letting these movies get made, and... Ugh, anyway. Uh, 
yeah, I couldn't. Im- I couldn't imagine having that kind of influence on such a big group of people, you know, and then having to kind of come to terms with that as you get older. Because I mean, shit, I think he was only seventeen or eighteen when his channel was really blown up. So maybe even younger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's crazy. That's that's insane. Um, all right. Uh, okay. So I did. <laughs> I had one more little conversation I thought we we could have. Uh, it might be interesting. Um, what's the best superpower? Oh, the best superpower. Mm-hmm. If you, okay. If you All had right. to pick one, and because you you know like, and we're going basics here. I I don't think you we can't just like make up a power. You know what I mean? Like oh, make money out of thin air. You know that's not a superpower. Man, this is going to be really tough because, okay, not only, as you know, I'm a huge anime fan, so I watch a lot of different kind of animes, um, but I've been reading, or not reading, watching a lot of, uh, shout out to the site Comics Explained. Um, It's a YouTube channel that reviews comics, and he'll do a summary, or he'll say, too powerful for the Marvel Universe, and he'll do a power scale and explain why this character is oh. so powerful. So yeah, I've seen those. I think I've watched a few of his videos like before going into a Marvel movie, just to be more familiar with the comic. You know, I'll be like, oh, I haven't read oh, those. That's a good so idea. Uh, I'll read. The, but yeah, know. so because of that, there's so many powers and abilities in a short period of time that I've familiarized myself with, and there's one specific ability that okay, because we need it. We need a set some ground rules on this um are we talking like a superhero so it has to be somebody from a comic are we talking just like or or like it can't be a villain are we talking just a power that is like the most overpowered in terms of if you had a a super ability so yeah i don't think i wouldn't i didn't want to I was about, that's so weird. I was about to read this as if it was a question someone asked us or presented to us. And then I realized I wrote this in my notes. <laughs> so I was about to be like, yeah, well, I don't I think they wondering. really specified whether or not. And then I realized I wrote this fucking, um, no, I just, I'm just saying superpower. So no, not hero, villain, delineation doesn't necessarily have to be comic book. It could be anime. It could be manga. It could be anything you know what i mean like i I just think it has to be one central power you know what i mean so it's like super strength invisibility super speed uh you know things like that Uh, heat vision or so you know one specific power that uh yeah that isn't doesn't boil down to like a not just one specific power (laughs) all right so the one that I okay. So, but the the question is, what do I think is the best power? Yes, yeah. So, what what do you think is the best power? Like, I wouldn't even say your favorite. I'm not even asking your favorite right now. I'm right, saying, right. what is the best superpower? Okay, so there's a power that was just recently displayed in the the Boruto series, <laughs> God damn and it. it's pretty much omnipotence. Uh, the character has the ability to change how things work. So, oh god, this is too obscure. Okay, but hold that, on. Okay, okay, okay. If so, you, okay, no, so. hold on. If you explain it well, if you explain it well, but but just the description of they can change anything for how they work. Like, what does that mean? Okay, okay, like, okay. So, let me give the example of what happened in okay. the series, and I, I think <laughs> this is a, a really cool way that Kishimoto wrote the story. So, for <laughs> for backstory reference. 
the big thing about the Naruto Sasuke, you know, rivalry was Sasuke was Naruto that gave in to his hatred, who gave in to trying to get powerful the easy way, who gave in to, to doing literally whatever he was going to need to to get his way. And Naruto was the one that never was going to give up on on doing it the, the right way, the, the way of always believing in and having hope. And so there's one reference right, that Naruto eh, made. Too late. Nope. You, all right. This, you've already. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> Again, it's anime. You run, have. There's run so really much. fast. Okay. You, you, okay. You okay. Control okay. So water. pretty much what happens <laughs> is this: a, a character switches the play, Freaky Fridays two characters. Okay. So e- everyone is chasing after this character named Kawaki because they think he killed Naruto. Okay. All he did was hide him. Spoilers. Naruto spoilers. Um, Jesus. And it, the whole time they're chasing after Kawaki, Boruto, Naruto's actual son, is also chasing after Kawaki and he's trying to be like, what are you doing? And this third party character, her name is Ida, is so in love k- with Kawaki that through her strong desire of wanting Kawaki to live because she knows he's about to be killed by everyone in the village, her subconscious desires makes everyone's memory of Boruto and Kawaki switch. So everyone thinks that every memory they had of Boruto actually happened with Kawaki. So when everybody shows up and Boruto thinks they're gonna attack Kawaki, they all go after Boruto because in their heads, Borto is now Kwaki. All those memories were replaced. I cannot believe. And I cannot believe. And it. yeah, and the cool thing about it is, like, again, oh, the Naruto Sasuke thing was we could have been in the same. We could have been our situation swapped. And in this version, they actually swapped their situations. So her ability was able to change it so that way the entire world would have their memories kind of altered to believe that. Oh, all my memories of him were actually of him. So I think super speed is the best power. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) I told you, I I think we need to set rules if we're going to talk about powers. Okay, I fuck. All right, I fuck. Okay, I get it. All right, I shouldn't have said it can be from an anime or a manga. I should have just said from a comic book. God damn it! Like it's they get so convoluted. But but you literally, I love it though that I can't believe I gave you an opportunity. I literally said, if you can explain this cleanly and quickly, I will let you use this. And then you explained the plot of an entire Naruto episode (laughs) or Baruto episode. For five minutes. (laughs) So okay, no, because now we got to talk about this. That is not the best power. People are robbing a bank and they've got guns to heads of civilians. And there's people. What do you? What is that power? What do you do? You've got you've got five minutes. They're about to fucking kill all these people and steal that money. Okay, so so in that case, there's other portions that this like. That is one of the things pick another this power. power does. Pick another power. Pick another power. I'm not okay. <laughs> okay. 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 I'll I'll pick this power. I think um, Itachi Sukuyomi is the coolest power because with it, a look in your eyes and he can in, con, entirely control everything. He okay. makes you perceive time as quickly or as slowly as he wants. Okay. And yes. everything happens in you. your head. So I love you, buddy. He made somebody yeah live out a lifetime in a picosecond. I don't, I, 
just want you to know. I there's there's no there's no. I hate tried. <laughs> no, okay, that's good. That's good. I can wrap my mind around that one. It's like mind control, but like on an, exactly. on an nth degree. You know, I get it. It's mind perception control. Yes. Um, which is too heady for us Western folk out here. We we need a. Uh, just mind control. You can make Big us walk around and smashed. do our bidding. Yeah. Uh, okay. I I like that. <laughs> I I was hoping. <laughs> this is this is my 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 intention of this question was for us to have a heated debate about which one would be better than the other one. But I I don't think I'm literally crying from laughing so hard. I'm like tearing up. <laughs> uh. I don't think I can... I don't even think I have it in me to try to argue why super speed is, is better than the Sukeyomi or whatever the hell. It's... <laughs> I mean, at that point, it's all relative to the user. Because if you're fast enough to avoid somebody's direct eye contact, then... That's what I'm saying. And, like, how... I, does super speed mean you can move with rapid eye movement? Like, quick eye... Because then you just avoid eye contact um, at superhuman speed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because uh, okay. <laughs> it seems so pointless now. <laughs> I was, one of the points I was going to make was that with super speed, you don't need as much super strength because a super fast punch is just as good as a really uh, strong punch. And then I'm like, here's here's a mental ability that has nothing to do with physical force at all. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I even thought maybe you'd throw invisibility, flying, like, you know, normal like normal powers but it's all good no it's all that's good why I was like, you know what's so funny is i listen to so like i'll listen to other podcasts sometimes like i like i'll even call i'll shot one out there's one called the basement yard and i'm not um they have a big following so i by no means am i like discovering some underground podcast here but when i listen to them there's these moments where there's very heated moments like obviously they're best friends and you can tell that it's just like that, that they're like blowing off steam but also like just joking with each other you know um and every time i hear those moments i always think to myself like man me and mitchell we we never do that we don't get to those points in our podcast like that <laughs> and then i remember the times that you go on your naruto rants and then i'm always like all right all right all right let's get to let's rein this in <laughs> oh it's too funny man uh this is why i'm glad we have this though i i, I love this <laughs> Um, I also wrote down that it's EDC weekend. That's the only other thing I had. I have nothing to say about that. Oh, yeah. There's just people. There's people partying a couple miles away from me. They're going nuts. Uh, Marshmallow's USB died during his set. Did you see that clip? No. RIP to the USB. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> is that another DJ or is that? <laughs> uh, but no, yeah. His he was playing music, and I think it was only. I may be wrong, but I think it was only like ten or fifteen minutes into his set. And just the entire, like, audio started glitching out. It was like, and then just stopped. And he goes, oh, all these tracks are dead. Uh, okay, well, all right, let me go figure it out. And then just never came back out. <laughs> oh. Yeah, uh, he didn't have a backup. Uh, and it started this whole conversation amongst DJs of having, like, well, you need a backup. And it's like, well, I shouldn't ex be expected to have a backup. Like, come on, man. I already have all my music on it. And, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> do you use a backup when you've performed? Uh, do you have a backup? I brought a backup once. Um, and I've never needed it. 
so far. Um, the only time I've ever, like, my exp my only experience with something like that is forgetting a pair of headphones, and that freaked me the fuck out, dude. Because I was the first performer, too. So, like, I didn't, there was nobody already up there that I was like, hey, if you just leave your headphones up there, can I use them? Like, so I, I was like, I'm on in 20 minutes and I'm running around the hard rock. Like, uh, hey, bro, do you have an extra pair of headphones, dude? <laughs> bro, if you would have texted me, I would have ran to the nearest store and grabbed you a pair. <laughs> I'm just using these like $8, you like fucking, what are they, QVC, like headphones. <laughs> hey, whatever works, man. Whatever works. Right? <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, R.I.P. Marshmallow, uh, hardly knew ye, thanks for ruining electronic music. Anyway, uh... Shots fired! Uh, I don't know, do you got anything else you want to talk about, or you just want to jump into the movie talk today? I think I'm, uh, I'm ready for some movie talk. Alright, yeah. Yeah, it's a little quiet over in the Neon Valley Discord, right? Well, actually... I meant, to, meant we have a official Discord now, so it is not under the Scourge Discord anymore. There is an official server for just Neon Valley. I did make that today. Um, oh, did you? You did not send me the invite. I did not because it, it, it as of right this second, it's not officially ready. But by the time this ah, episode gotcha. goes up, yeah. Oh, I see one of those future science uh, yeah, situations. Those the time rifts. We learned all about those in Southland Tales, in episode ten. Um, I, I, I lost education. <laughs> that episode that comes movie. out tomorrow morning, by the way. I'm really excited. <laughs> oh, boy. That's going to be a doozy. Uh, no, I... My God. Southland Tales just made me totally lose my train of thought again. Oh, God. I'm sorry for bringing it up. We're about to get into the movie. Yeah, I yeah, I feel like I was I was probably saying something else, but who cares? Oh, at this were point? you setting something up? No. Oh, Discord! Discord, not that cord, but this one. All right, Joseph, cut all that out. Uh, yes, there's an official Neon Valley Discord now, so I will link that in the description of this video. Please join it. Even if you're already in the Scourge Discord, I would appreciate it if you headed over to that official Neon Valley one. Uh, it'll help just keep everything kind of all together. And we uh, we have our subreddit, r backslash Neon Valley Pod. We have our Twitter is up and running at Neon Valley Pod. I almost made it Neon Valley Boys. I sat on that screen for like five minutes, <laughs> uh, but I thought consistency was better. It's, it's better for us because then we could just tell people Neon Valley Pod is basically like everything we route them to. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that works. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's been a little quiet over there. Oh, yeah, that's that's what I brought. It's been a little quiet over there. We need some questions, guys. Drop those hot burning questies, some fun topics. You never know. We, we always appreciate it. Uh, Questies for the testies. Oh, the four Not testies. That uh, that's the name. <laughs> that should be the name of our podcast, the four testies. <laughs> and then one of us goes through a horrible accident, we become the three testies. I oh, see so you have four. <laughs> is your math not mathing, Mitchell? Oh wait. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is. Oh wait. <laughs> Just do it. All right, we this week are talking about. My suggested movie, The Big Lebowski. Mm, the biggest. Uh, right. I believe 1996. Why did I do this to myself? I had the webpage up. 1998. Yep. So the 1998 classic Big Lebowski. I won't even say cult classic. I think this is one of those movies where almost anyone, you can ask your grandma, you can ask your, your sister, you can ask your uncle, you can ask your uh, 
Redheaded stepchild. Can I ask your pharmacist? Can I ask your dentist? How long are you going to let me go? <laughs> I, I was I was impressed. I was like, all right, keep going. Uh, yeah, no, Big Lebowski. Big, uh, big ups. <laughs> I, I, I see why I see why it's popular. Um, I have yes. I have thoughts on it, but okay. uh, all right. Well, we're gonna talk about those thoughts right now, my friend. I uh, yeah, no, I. So I before I let you go on your thing, I, I want to point out that we usually suggest movies that one of us has seen. So like for me suggesting this, usually it's like, oh, I've seen this movie. I want you to see it. Is it? But it's funny. I watched this when I was very young with my dad. And rewatching it now, I felt like I never saw it. Uh, to you, it was like a brand new movie again. Yeah. Um, and I kept, I think it's because when I was younger, I kept confusing it with another movie that's about bowling. It's called Kingpin. And it came out like a few years before. It's got Woody Harrelson. It's, it's a. Oh, it's, I, okay. That came up when I was searching for the Big Lebowski. Really? Yeah. I So. I think it's something about my childhood brain like combined those movies because that movie has like Bill Murray and he's like this real goofy character with like a rose ball and part of me was like is he gonna show up in this I don't remember like, like <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no it was it was it was incredible dude so yeah let, give me some of your thoughts going into it what'd you think um so right off the bat I, I liked when it opened and it was by a, a working title production yeah <laughs> great was... name great name isn't it yeah great name i even put just great opening um their kind of little opening there they had before the movie actually started i thought was uh was a fun way to get you into it yeah the western kind of style um film noir opening you know like well you're probably wondering what's going on here you know that yeah it's very and all but not too campy like it almost doesn't feel out of place it doesn't feel like it's being goofy about it it kind of feels genuine yeah, no, the the narration, and I, I think it, yeah, it, it was done well. It was clearly done well. Yeah, and I do, I uh, really like. I'm glad you brought up the narration because I that was one of the first big laughs I had was when he just kept repeating uh, something that makes a man or something like that, and then he just kept repeating, and then he goes, "I uh, man, I lost my train of thought." I don't. <laughs> yeah, I was like, where? I was like, okay, at least this this is already having fun with itself, right? It's not. It's not trying to be too serious with this kind of narration, so I, I was I was a fan. And then, uh, Danny, you're out of your element. I, there was a lot of Danny lines. Oh, Donnie, that I were just, or Donnie, Donnie, Don, yeah, well, Donnie, you're really out of your thick, element. they had really thick, like North, uh, like or Midwestern accents. Like they kept saying ba bar. Do you notice that when he would say like uh, when he was talking to that Sean Elliott character, the cowboy, when he kept saying like sometimes the bar will eat you. Or you'll eat the bar or whatever it was like oh yeah i had subtitles on they were saying bear like bear like but when he kept saying it they kept saying bar and i was like what <laughs> yep yeah that uh but but just all the all the one-liners to donnie i, I dude and i oh. was also just like man what a what a stellar cast for that that trio yeah no john goodman within the first minute he was on screen i was enthralled like he was hilarious dude like that i've never seen john goodman play a character that made me feel like he stopping john goodman and that was just an actual person yeah because john goodman has such a a sweet vibe to him especially like, after like roseanne other kind of vibe yeah exactly 
Yeah, that he totally dissolved himself to the point where I almost like I, I almost forgot who it was as an actor for a second. Like I, I for for a second in my head, I was like, this movie's too old for that to be Kevin James. Who the fuck? And I was like, oh, it's fucking John Goodman. <laughs> That's funny, because if it was shot today, I could see Kevin James playing that character. Yeah, I, I think he could pull it off. Yeah, no, John John Goodman was incredible. The Donnie shit, you're out of your element. And it that though this movie's so quotable i never realized like of course everybody says the dude abides thing but there's like some great quotes in this movie um oh yeah i think there's there's better quotes than just that yeah yeah. and i'll say okay so going into this movie because i've never seen it i i haven't seen clips of it i i had no idea i thought that the dude was going to be this like what i thought the movie was going to be was he was this this bullying pro that everyone kind of idolized and he takes someone under his wing and teaches him and it just like to learn to chill and life is not going to be as (laughs) as like rushed and slowed down i didn't realize like he was going to be the focal point of the movie in terms of like his growth and yeah and all the situations we get into um but yeah i thought it was uh i thought it was gonna be a very different kind of movie yeah because it it really it's almost a film noir film like you know you're you're trying to piece together a mystery he he's almost like a higher detective basically you know uh but he's so aloof about it that's kind of where the comedy comes in because i think i even read the director and writer of this was actually making a parody of an old 50s I believe film noir movie about uh, people trying to cover I up a murder and like a kidnapping, but he almost did it from the angle of like, what if, well, what if you were watching this film noir from the putz's angle? Like instead of seeing it from either the person getting kidnapped or the person trying to get the kidnapper back, you're watching it from the angle of the, the idiot who's hired as the middleman <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, it's great because there's, there's still a lot of very smart elements in it upon being a kind of silly stoner comedy. It's like an elevated stoner comedy, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, th- there's literally a dude wears my car moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh my God. Do you notice that? They, they, yeah, I, was like, uh, I was like, wait, shit. I was like, I wonder if that movie was like inspired from this scene or something, you know? Um, right, yeah. So I guess also to kind of introduce like where we're at, um, we have the dude yes uh that is uh jeff john bridges. lebowski jeff bridges what's his first name jeff it's jeff jeff lebowski yeah so because of um his name being the same name as a, a millionaire that owes people money he has hired goons show up to his house to shake him down um he makes a really good point which i don't know why they didn't notice this sooner but but he's like do i look like a millionaire and it's like a one bedroom apartment that is not well furnished and and <laughs> a, a, again it, the guys even kind of realize and go like hey does does this sound right yeah and they kind of um, like take a second like <laughs> so good back and forth in terms of witty witty comedy writing um i and then i loved how this rug became like such a focal point i even wrote down like a Another great Walter uh, comment was that rug really tied the room together. Yeah, um, no, because yeah, the dude kept just saying that he was like, "Man, it really it ties the room together." You know, he's <laughs> like, "Fucking a, it does." Like, <laughs> um, yeah, the the whole focal point of the rug being his like main 
reasoning behind it. He doesn't care about the girl. He doesn't really care about the money. He he just wanted his fucking rug. <laughs> yeah, that it, that's all he wanted. I did love how after his uh, initial meeting with the millionaire, um, Jeff Lebowski, didn't go well. He's like, yeah, he told me to pick out any rug I wanted and uh, was able to take a rug. Yeah, and and, and it's, it's ingenious, too, because he almost... It, it's that thing where he almost knew, like, this guy's so rich, he won't even fucking notice for a little while if I take a rug. You know, like, he's so up his own ass. Fuck him. Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah, there's a... Oh, yeah, but since he's confused for this millionaire, um, he then, like you were saying, he confronts him to say, like, hey, can you at least replace my rug? And that's kind of what sets off this whole movie. Because um, he, like, he keeps saying, a few times in the movie, says, says, like, all I wanted was my rug or, like, for someone to pay for my rug. Because if he had never gone to confront the millionaire, it just would have ended there. Like, the, the case of mistaken identity would have been over. Um, okay, that's another thing. This, this is where I'm going to start having questions, right? How are you just, like, a random Joe getting a meeting with a millionaire? <laughs> well, I guess... How did he get his phone number? Because he said he called him and set it up. Well, he, well, remember, this is a time of, of Yellow Pages. You could literally just look up Jeff Lebowski in the Yellow Pages. Oh, I, I guess, yeah. But still, like, why would he want to meet... I mean, he, he told him he explained the whole situation... I, I guess unless from the no because the very beginning he wasn't planning on using him because she was still around so yeah that's where I just didn't understand him even taking that initial really I, I mean yeah I guess it does seem a little outlandish but I think it kind of plays into his character of just wanting to bring someone in to be more powerful than them you know that makes sense yeah and they do reference that that he's his vanity is his biggest um Rutch. Yeah. And he was a, like, everyone in this movie was so good. All of the acting was, like, top notch. Fucking, oh, John Totoro as Jesus, the Jesus. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, my God. He, the fact that he showed up in purple to start with, oh. um, iconic. Amazing. And, and what I love is that, uh, he was literally in the movie for maybe a total of 45 seconds, like a minute and a half, maybe like, he, cause he was only in two scenes, but he's such a memorable character that like, I, I love it. It's hilarious. He's great, but he does nothing in the movie and it, he's not really any driving force. He's not, uh, but it's a great little flair. It's that little like comedy that isn't too overbearing, you know? Oh, also, when he walks in, like, the West Wing or wherever they take him, mm. that, like, opera music that starts playing. Uh, Do you remember the one I'm talking about? Uh, the thing about opera is, like, you can't really, like, recite it because... Wait, are you... Wait, are you are you talking about when he met up with the painter? And there was that weird chanting song that was playing that was no, really creepy. No, no, it, it's when he first walks in to meet with the millionaire. There was this like opera anime. Oh, not anime. <laughs> the reason why I, I say it is because I actually recognize that same opera song. Oh, I think it's Requiem. 
Arena. I don't know if that's the name of the the anime or the actual song. Anyways, I I had recognized that same opera song from an anime, and I'm like, wow, it's crazy how some of those older like classical songs are. And I mean, it, obviously, it's because they're now part of public domains, <laughs> but how true. they're still used today in 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 new content that's created. Yeah, no, that's that's true. I didn't even know. <sighs> I'm I'm trying to remember in the recesses of my brain which song it was because it, it I do remember it being recognizable, but I don't remember which one it was now. Um, yeah, no, the the music. Speaking of which, the music choices in this is great. Uh, a lot of great kind of that late '70s folk rock, you know, Credence stuff like that. Um, I just realized I could have looked up the track list for the the movie. Very true. Very true. We do have the internet right in front of me. I literally have the IMDb page for Le- Big Lebowski right. Here. Okay, it's probably this one, Gluck das mir Verblät, which is by Wolfgang. Was um, it, is it the one that's like? No. Okay. It's think... uh. See, now I have to find this. This is bothering me. <laughs> we can cut some of this out if you want to find it real quick. Great song. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, uh, set myself back up here. We should be good. All right. You know, the music in this was like top notch. Great soundtrack. Uh, get the vibe of the movie is really nice. Like you know, even like because, like aesthetically alone, not even story wise or anything. But it's one of those movies that makes you feel comfy. Do you know what I mean? There's something very warm about all the tones. There's nothing really loud about the movie. It's just a very like chill movie. Yeah. No. And I liked that the movie throws a lot at you. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, no. Like like it does. Like for example. I right now could not tell you who the German people worked for. I, I'm still not entirely <laughs> sure who they worked for. Okay. What? So, so yes, yeah, there is a lot in this movie. I was actually going to kind of ask you about that because there's a lot that this movie throws at you, but I, for the most most part, never really felt overwhelmed or like I couldn't follow what was going on. Like I, I felt like the movie was eventually always going to tell me what the outcome was you know yeah because like even that scene like for example that scene where he just wakes up and gets punched in the face and then has the the first dream sequence of the movie yeah that for a second started to throw me off and then i looked at it as like this is it again it's a dream sequence and i was like okay yeah and it, I'll tell you, all the dancing in Southland Tales, that 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 I'm that was not so a dream gl- sequence. I'm so glad you you that was that not up. a dream sequence. They just did that. But it was technically a dream sequence, and that's the thing in Southland Tales. Remember, because he jabs drugs into his neck, and then it happens or whatever. But it's not conveyed well the way that this movie does it. Like the transitions, the kind of like atmospheric tonal shifts, like the the very clear dreamlike vibe and they always have transitions of like he either gets knocked out or he's drugged or something happens where it's like yeah this is where you would have this kind of weird moment you know it's why it works in this movie in my opinion yeah um excuse me but that scene where he gets punched and has that dream sequence when he wakes up and like the rug is missing and stuff I, I was a little confused and didn't even really quite pe- because then he just goes right back to the millionaire. Like I thought they were related somehow, like the punching and the millionaire, but they weren't. Oh, um, so that was a little confusing. But then later when he meets the millionaire's daughter, uh, the painter, uh, she says, Oh, by the way, sorry for the, 
for the punch in the jaw or whatever. And and then it, for me, even though I probably already should have pieced that together, I was like, oh, of course, she's the one that broke into the house and had, she was, yeah, like the movie at least helps you out even if you are having a little trouble following along, you know? Yeah, it was one of those, I never felt entirely lost. I, there was just maybe pieces that I was like, I don't understand where this fits necessarily. Yeah, so, okay, my understanding of the german people or swedish i i they were german right they i wasn't sure if they were german but they called them german in the movie um, yeah. so that's that's what i assumed but i wasn't sure if they kept doing that because walter has a very like prejudiced mindset so he was just like nazis immediately again that's why i was like i don't even know if they're they're necessarily german yeah because <laughs> the, i liked i know this is a dumb joke but i like it how they all ordered lingonberry pancakes <laughs> Yep. I don't, I don't know why, but that made me laugh. I, I I was like, that's really that's that's pretty funny. Um, but no, the so my interpretation of that, uh, or what I at least think was happening, was he worked for the millionaire, or at least was like, no way, he didn't work for the millionaire. Um, okay, hold on. I guess I need to kind of track my thoughts. So he was the drunk one in the pool, right at the beginning, correct? Yes. Yes, because that's where he first learns about him. And, oh, that was hilarious because she's she's like, oh, no, don't worry. He'll be fine. He's a nihilist. And he's like, oh, man, he's a nihilist? <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the whole nihilist thing, like, became such, like, it. Walter's personality of just, like, having very specific things he cared so much about. Oh, yeah. It, his His character was... And everyone's so consistent with their character. They never... I know that's kind of, that might seem like a weird thing to bring up, but a lot of movies and writers have trouble with that where people will do things out of the ordinary or like, or I should say out of their character just to help the story along. Walter is just a pure driving force that is always Walter. And it and it always fucks up situations or helps, you know what I mean? Like, it's just his character. I was um, going to say, there was one point where I was like, I think if this movie had a a message, it was about how important it is to pick your friends and how toxic people can be. <laughs> right? It's gleaming a message from this movie is it's kind of tough. Like not that I think that they're they're like we've talked about before. You don't need to leave a movie with some kind of long-lasting message or some shit like that. Like they can just be well-written stories from beginning to end and that's, you know, that's all it is. But um this movie is a little hard to get because literally from the beginning to the end, like nothing happens to, to the dude. Like, cause he basically is in the same exact position he's in just without a car, I guess. And his friend died. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. there is no, like he didn't learn anything. He didn't grow. He didn't like, it was just a pure, like, well that happened. And that's one thing where I wasn't sure if they were going to give him that kind of character arc, but something about like, this wasn't a kid, right? This is someone who's been there, done stuff and like has experienced life. And, and for that reason, it was more of like, this is just who he is. And, and I don't know if maybe that was to try to show that, that this is just who he is as a person um, and nothing is going to change it. Yeah, yeah, that like, y y you know that there's actually an entire religion 
that has been built up around this movie? What? I'm not joking. It's called dudeism. And of course, it's like slightly tongue in cheek. I'm sure that there are some people out there who like follow it to the T and like believe it as their religion or whatever. But it, it was kind of this movement after the movie came out for people to just like be chill. Like the idea was like, let life come at you, which is, which is kind of what the movie does. It's like, it's about a guy who literally just lets life happen to him. And then the very few times that he tries to actually do something about it, it actually doesn't work out usually. <laughs> like nothing means anything and it's all meaningless. And like, I think that might even be the point of the film is that like, well, it's like nihilism. It's literally nihilism. Like no, nah, well, nothing really matters, you know? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, Interesting. But yeah, they, they talk about that a whole bunch. So, you know, yeah. makes sense. Because there's a scene, and I might be overanalyzing this, but it feels like a movie that wants to be analyzed. You know, um, it, it feels like it, it's a movie. And it's written by the Coen brothers who have done a lot of very well-written and heady films, you know, over the years. So they it, it's asking to be talked about and analyzed a little bit. And there is a scene where he's talking with the uh, porn producer, right? And oh, by the way, I'll, I'll try to get back to making sense of the, the German people. <laughs> uh, but there's the scene where he's talking with the, the, the owner of the porn company or whatever, uh, was it a treehorn, right? Yeah, yeah, treehorn. Um, and when treehorn's on the phone with someone, you know, he's kind of, oh, quiet. He, you know, goes away for a second and mumbling and he writes something down on a piece of paper and then goes upstairs. And the one time in the movie that the dude actually tries to be like a sleuth and do something towards learning about this mystery, he goes over and sketches the, the uh, engraving of what the guy wrote. And it's just a doodle of a guy with a penis. <laughs> <laughs> and that That's is the right. And that was the moment for me that I felt like so this is just meaningless. Like like his efforts are meaningless basically. Like even when he tried the one thing to actually be a detective and try it, it didn't matter what he was going to do. Yeah, nope. He was t he was totally not subject to this plot at all. Like no matter what he did. And I I love that aspect because I noticed about three-fourths of the way through the movie, it's such an interesting idea that he knows, like, three different sides of this kidnapping story. Like, he's literally a detective. He's done incredible detective work. He got in with the father to learn about, like, the missing, you know, like, the missing wife or whatever. Or not the father, I'm sorry, the husband uh, for the missing wife. And then it's like, then he met with the daughter who had her own conspiracies. And then he met with, like, he was meeting all of these different angles, almost accidentally becoming a detective, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, the whole... And, and I kind of liked how he kept... I felt like plain dumb but but was actually like not yeah like I, it, it came off like he was playing dumb but he was really just trying his best yeah and i think it, there was almost moments where i think he forgot who knew what because he would kind of like come into a situation and be like uh, well, like my favorite one of my favorite scenes is when he gets into the limo um it, well he gets dragged out of the first limo and then put into the second limo that one okay that scene 
killed me. Fucking hilarious. And then when he's in the limo, he just keeps saying, he's like, no, nah, I got some new information, man. I got some new information. I, everything's changed. And like, he, he, and you can tell in that moment, he doesn't know how much to tell him. Um, you know, the, the big Lebowski, you know? Like, I oh, guess. I loved how he kept explaining things. There's a lot of ins and outs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot. Like, he kept... He he kept explaining things like someone who doesn't fully understand what's going on, you know, like the same way he answered, like when they would ask him, are you unemployed? And he was like, what does that even mean? You know, like what uh, unemployed It's kind of eh. like, yeah, he was always like dodging answers. So it felt like he was buying time and he would always just be like, yeah, there's a lot of ins and outs. It's 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 above your head, man. It's above my I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> Um, but the, so it, to play in the theme, sorry, I, I, I want to let you speak in a uh, sec, but I, I just wanted to say the Donnie character, I think he was a perfect uh, amplification, if that's a word, of what the movie was getting at because he kept coming into conversations halfway through and being like, hey, what are you guys talking about? And Walter would be like, shut the fuck up, Donnie. You, you're, <laughs> you're out of your element. You don't know what we're talking about. And then Donnie would try to join the conversation but he would only have half of the information you know what i mean yep um and that felt like what this movie was trying to do like with literally the lebowski character the dude himself where he kept coming into conversations only knowing half of the context so like he was donnie basically like because i loved the scene where donnie came over and he's like they're talking about going to the place of uh or no like uh walter comes into the theater and tells him he's like hey i found the house where we can get the kid the one who stole your car and stuff and he's like and Dan donnie's half listening and then turns around and goes hey did you say in and out and then he's like shut the fuck up donnie it's like you know they got good burgers and like he's just not oh, yeah he's still trying to just go with it just like i'm just trying to be involved yeah exactly um and then he fucking dies <laughs> i i was still shocked i didn't think they were gonna actually kill him i know i didn't think I didn't think when they were sitting in that office, I thought that was like a lawyer's office. I didn't realize it was a morgue until they started saying like, so what do you want to do with the body? And so I was like, what? Whoa, dude. As soon as I read the, uh, the wall in the back, I'm like, is this for a morgue? Yeah, it totally went over my head. I, I even read the wall and everything. And was like, huh, that's a weird thing to put in like a courthouse or something. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, anyway. All right. Sorry. Um, so I know I went off on a little tangent there about my thoughts. Uh, what, no. What, what did you want to say? <laughs> yes. Okay. So um, I also wanted to say shout out. They played the Hotel California covered by Gypsy Kings and uh, big fan of Gypsy Kings. So, so yeah. shout out to Gypsy Kings. Yeah, that was a great, that was a great moment. Oh, that was the introduction to Jesus. Yeah. Oh, that's, was that? Yep. It's the I think where, you're right, yeah. Where he, like, licks the ball <laughs> and stuff. And, like... <laughs> yep. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, I can get you a... Oh, when Walter said, I can get you a toe by 3 o'clock. Dude, oh, my God. The toe, the toe shit? Yeah, no. I, I, I was surprised by how much I, I liked it. And, like, for two hours, it, it, didn't, it didn't drag on at any point. Like, it, it was very well paced. Yeah, I will agree. It there is like near the end, there is kind of that feeling of like, all right, how much longer is this going to go on? Because you know that the plot kind of wrapped up. 
you know, especially like with the whole Donnie stuff. Like once Donnie died, I was like, man, how much longer is this going to go on? I wasn't really sure, you know. Um, but that that was it, pretty much. That just happens, and then the movie ends, and it ends on a beautiful note with Sam Elliott having his little outro. Uh, yeah. Which who that character was supposed to be, I I don't know. Was he real? <laughs> Like, oh, I didn't think about that. Because how did he... Because, I mean, sure, there are a lot of people in this movie that kind of just show up. You know, it's a pretty, like, character-heavy film. Like, there's the detective. I thought that was a great, like, kind of uh, red herring. The the Volks, Volkswagen that's following him the whole time. Oh, yeah. Because the whole time I was like, who is that? What what do they get out of this? What, what's going on here? Mm. It... It, I, I mean, I, I hate to keep bringing this up, but it, it really did, it did what Southland Tales wanted to do, you know? It, it had interweaving stories with multiple people yeah. that all kind of puts you in different directions, but then by the end, you're supposed to be like, oh, this is where all this was going, you know? Like, obviously, Southland Tales was more of an, a quote-unquote epic, like it was trying to make a bigger story, but... Mm -hmm having that kind of weird imagery like we were saying the dance sequence and the musical numbers like those scenes don't feel out of place in this movie even though this movie takes place entirely in reality <laughs> right again this isn't like a some sci-fi world like they they want you to feel like no this is this is the real world that we live in yeah that which is even funnier because you would think it would work better in southland tales because that's not even reality and it somehow works better in a movie like this that's grounded in reality. Yeah. yeah um, you, would, you would assume. Do you have any more notes? Yes, I have. Oh, how have you not purchased a gun by now for protection? Mm. Oh, he's too... That's the dude, man. That that would be too unchill. You know, like... Bro, he, the amount of people that have just broke... Oh, and then when he sets the chair up, but it's facing the wrong way, so when he <laughs> opens the door, it falls forward in. <laughs> Dude, like, was... like little moments like that, I'm not going to lie. I, I was actually very, like, and then I he thought trips they over, well. And then later he trips over that wood block that he put there himself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, there's, like, great moments in this movie. Like, the comedy almost, like, never stops, but it doesn't feel overbearing. It's just very quick and snappy, you know? A lot of the yeah. dialogue. Uh, oh, speaking of guns, w when Walter pulled that shit out early in the movie, that I was like, whoa. Oh, I thought for sure. I'm like, he's going to jail, right? Like, that's... And they, they skirt it so beautifully because, like, obviously you have to have some kind of connection of... Or what do you call it? Um, Not separation of disbelief. What's the term I'm trying to think of? Um, But you know what I'm saying, where it's like... You, you have to kind of let some things go because why wouldn't he be arrested? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Um, suspending disbelief? Suspension of disbelief. That's right. Suspending disbelief. Yeah. You have to do that, of course, a little bit because it's like, yeah, why? Like, there's no way that somebody wouldn't have pointed him out. Like, oh, he just walked outside. He was the one with the gun, you know, because there's the joke of the cops showing up, but it's already after they walked outside. <laughs> <laughs> great yeah i did i did like that they at least had it like the the cops still showed up stuff is still happening yeah and like he they get they get like all, all that really happens is they get like a demerit on their league the bowling league <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
God, this movie's so good, man. I, I really love it because it's very easy to absorb. Like like you even said, describing the plot from the beginning is pretty easy. Like it's it's a guy who, a mistaken identity movie, uh, they mistake him for a millionaire. The millionaire's wife gets kidnapped and they need his help to get her back. And then it devolves into madness from there. And that's, boom, that's the plot, you know? Uh, but there's so much more to it, you know, when you watch it. Yeah, no, it it did a really good job. Um, the chair, oh, sorry, said that one. <laughs> oh, when he meets with the cop, uh, the chief of police in Malibu, he does ask for a lawyer. That's the only thing I want to say is, and and I guess we can you know give it that he let him off pretty much with just an ass beating. Um, yeah, yeah. But he did ask for a lawyer. <laughs> he did have sure the wherewithal. Was. Yeah, uh, that which which that was a great scene. The because that was right after the second dream sequence. Let's call it or maybe third actually dream sequence that was basically almost like a porno starring him and the daughter of the millionaire i wasn't i wasn't sure if that was supposed to imply that like he was drugged and they made a movie while he was drugged up um without him realizing and that's how they were going to make their million wow well even if that didn't end up being how they made their million that's not a bad theory of like what happened there you know what i mean like i I don't think that's what happened, but man, that that's a good point. That's that's true because he is the the, the director of pornos, um, <laughs> uh, and like they don't, he doesn't mess with him after that, right? No, um, unless the German guy. I think that's where they come in. I think the German guys worked for the director, and. That's right, because we never really followed that up. So uh, all I was going to say is that I think that the German guys, basically, the, they saw an opportunity. Like, the the daughter was kidnapped, or at least missing, you know what I mean? Um, and since they saw that opportunity, they thought, okay, we know the million dollars is out there. We know the, that he has the money because they think he stole it, you know, like... That's all the Germans know is that they think he stole it and that there really is some kind of or that he thinks there is a kidnapping going on, you know. Um, So, yeah, I think I think it was just them trying to seize the opportunity of missing, like not fully understanding the situation, you know. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of hard for me to articulate, but I think, again, it was trying to relay the message of the movie that they only had a specific amount of information or context about the situation. So they were trying to seize their opportunity. But when you pull out to the bigger picture, they had no chance of pulling it off. You know, like that there was zero chance of them ever. They were, they were just a byproduct. They literally nothing. (laughs) Gotcha. Cause yeah. Cause I don't think like, for example, I don't think the toe, huh? But, Oh wait, no, that the toe came from the Germans. So the toe, had to be affiliated with the millionaire or it could have been her but but okay but no because here's the only thing though is the millionaire knew that she wasn't actually kidnapped but did get the toe so he must have been in on it with the germans because why because like if he didn't think that she was actually kidnapped why would he be so upset about the toe or would there even be a toe in the first place no i'm saying i think 
she I think she's the one bunny that worked with the German no oh no did you miss that bunny was just out of town <laughs> bunny had no idea what the fuck was going on this whole time <laughs> I saw her come back. I thought that she was still in on it, and then she just got bored because it was taking too long. No, gotcha. no. Like I think from their implication, because like when he comes in, the dude is like, "Where was she?" And then like um, the you know the butler character kind of guy, the assistant, is like, "She was out of town. She just got back in. Didn't tell anybody where she was gonna be." So like, yeah, she just she had no fucking clue what was going on this whole time. Um, and the millionaire took that opportunity of her just disappearing to create a fake kidnapping so that's why i'm thinking the germans must have been in on it because he had the fake toe the millionaire is the one that gave the dude the the toe not fake it's it's real technically uh but it's not bunnies <laughs> gotcha okay that makes a little bit more sense now but again it's one of those i think when you have a lot of elements um things like that can sometimes get missed yeah yeah because so I think, because I think from their perspective, I don't know, may, uh, this might be too convoluted and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't, because I think what it was is from the Germans' perspective, they were just trying to cheat the dude out of a million dollars because they thought, well, man, yeah, well, shit, because they must have thought the million dollars was real obviously in the suitcase right. yeah of course yeah that that was the whole big thing about it was yeah um was so they obviously weren't okay so they weren't in on it but uh, wow yeah maybe uh, yeah i don't know i might have to rewatch it to really fully understand that connection i might have missed that that uh, yeah i thought i did understand it but now i'm now i'm questioning it <laughs> interesting right like again there, there were so many elements i think it did a good job but there wasn't any one moment i felt where now i know how everything like it all fits together well now it was more of yeah okay that all makes sense i could see that yeah because i i thought i had that moment you know like the the reveal in the, the like the confrontation between walter the dude and the big lebowski um those that moment did feel like everything was kind of wrapped up because you figured out like okay this is where she was the whole time this is where so she they were they weren't really kidnapped it was all just a ploy from the millionaire and he knew that the dude was a fuck up so he knew that he could blame him for fucking it up even if he did do the job like he fully expected him to just throw out the briefcase filled with the like the fake money or whatever you know the the yellow pages and even then still blame him because like i think that was a part of the movie too right where the millionaire didn't even know that they sent out a fake fake million dollars <laughs> yeah yeah that they that they were gonna yeah he he thought that they just had what he gave them what do you call it the ringer yeah the ringer yeah kept calling it the ringer oh, man. <laughs> uh yeah so i think he didn't even know they threw out the underwear. So the plan from the beginning was to set the dude up to make it look like, well, you fucked this up and now she's gone and he was able to steal a million dollars from the fund. Oh, okay, maybe that's what it is. Maybe the Germans didn't know that the million dollars 
wasn't physical and that he just took it out from the fund straight into the ground and thought that, well, if if the dude fucked up and lost it, now we can go take it. Um, hmm. I don't know. I, and I still love the idea that somebody did send goons after that 15-year-old kid. <laughs> that poor fucking 15-year-old kid. I mean, he did steal a car. Um, which is oh yeah up. oh though but when as soon as he started beating up that car i was like that's not his car uh, yeah i knew i i felt it too like i thought at first like even even leading up to it i was like yeah but once like the second or third hit happened i was like oh oh fuck this is this is going on for too long and the kid isn't reacting <laughs> yeah um, uh, it, it, i was like that uh, he's getting played right now yeah, which was good. Which, again, he didn't really get played. He kind of played himself. Like, Walter's just a hothead. You know, like, he he's mostly been right the whole time, like, in a way. But when he's wrong, he's really wrong. <laughs> um, That's what oh, I like. And I love that, he, too. He's really wrong sometimes. Well, and I love that, too, because I, I, I even said that not realizing how his catchphrase is, how he just kept saying, am I wrong? Am I wrong? <laughs> Yes, in just about every situation, you're wrong. Yeah, but he's he's that perfect, like, character that, um, like, because we all kind of know a person like that where they use the very base definition of something or the, the literal situation that's happening and then being like, well, am I wrong? Because, like, he, he was like, well, listen, if we keep the million dollars, we have a million dollars. Am I wrong? And it's like no you're not wrong but we're fucked if we do that <laughs> yeah it's like but they're gonna come after us yeah or like how he kept saying early in the movie he's like well there's rules am i wrong and he's like no you're not wrong but you're a fucking asshole <laughs> yep oh also why did they drop the ferret in the water that was mean um yeah i know right like that's i i know right there's i, I was thinking that too um i think there's different laws now about what you can do with animals in movies and that happened after like the 90s i think like early 2000s or when they changed those laws um so they would not be able to do that now you couldn't do that to an animal and i i like to believe that they didn't really but but also just for like what purpose did it serve like well i think it was just supposed to like scare uh obviously it's just supposed to like intimidate him like oh there's a wild animal because ferrets are very aggressive actually like i don't know if you know that or not but they're very like feral animals <laughs> like uh they like bite and claw a lot apparently um oh man but but again i think i think the joke is that they're they're german or swedish and that they picked the weirdest possible animal <laughs> like i think there's a little bit of a like a, a little bit of european jabbing going on there yeah, because I, I, that's what I was kind of thinking as part of this was just kind of poking fun at uh, people that were foreign a little bit. Not not where that was the point of the movie, just like for that kind of. Yeah. And oh, and, the, and you know, it's funny you bring that up, too, because I loved that beginning scene where the dude kept calling him Chinaman. And then Walter goes, yep. by the way, Chinaman is not the accepted nomenclature now. OK. It's Asian American. Again, out of everyone, he was the one that made that comment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I I loved, oh my God. And this is so insensitive, but the context, the movie makes it where it's okay. It's funny. That's the point of it is that it's meant to be absurd. But when he goes to meet the millionaire and the millionaire says, yeah, I got my legs blown off by some fucking Chinaman in Korea. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, again, oh. but again, it was also made. It's it's not in 2020. No, but again, I don't think that that's that bad because the joke is that he's an out of touch old shitty oh, douchebag yeah. asshole millionaire and just the phrasing I, I like to me the sentence a Chinaman in Korea is like the funniest fucking thing ever like that's because it's so ignorant it's like so ignorant you can't even think like are you are you even racist like are you are, what like are you just dumb like what are you <laughs> and the answer is yes and the answer is yes to all uh, all the above see um yeah, no, man. Also, uh, all right. Did you have any? Do you have anything else you wanted to say? Uh, more? You're, you want to take the, uh, the only other thing that I noticed was the the ending um, cliff that they're at reminded me of Best Friends by uh, Tommy Wiseau. Oh man, that's so fucking funny that you said that because it did for me too. And I think they're the same cliffs. I actually think okay. they are because um, they're in L.A. and that's where he filmed Best Friends. And that's where I was like. Did, maybe did you maybe no, did you notice too that when they were showing the porn with the german guy that he sounded a lot like tommy wiseau when he came into the room and he was like i'm here to fix your pipes or whatever <laughs> like your cables yeah that oh my gosh actually no the more that <laughs> yeah. now i hear it a lot more that you said it it was something about the hair. It was the long stringy hair over the face with a chiseled face saying like a weird European accent that isn't quite right. Like, yeah. Oh, it, it, all I was thinking of was Tommy Wiseau. So it's really funny that you had a different Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mitchell, by the way, the room. I, for, I didn't tell you. I wanted to save it for the podcast. Bob Odenkirk, uh, the guy who played Saul in uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Didn't see that. But, oh, oh. Do you know? Do you know who the actor is, though? Hold on, let me bring up a picture real quick. Bob oh. Odenkirk, the yeah. one who made uh, Jimmy Neutron. No, no. Uh, I mean, I guess you could Google it real quick if you want to look up a bit about. It. I can, I can post a picture in the chat real quick. Hold on. Gotcha. This guy. He's been in like comedies and he's been in like series. He was in like that movie Nobody that was in recently, I think. Oh, the... yeah. I recognize him. Okay. So him and a small group of actors out in LA remade the entire movie of The Room. Oh my gosh. With him playing the starring role as Tommy. Uh, oh. Uh, oh, that's another thing I didn't even mention. Oh. I think July 23rd, The Room is going to be in theaters. No way. Yeah, it's, a, it's an that. anniversary for the the movie. Um, I think it's like a 20-year anniversary or something like that for the release. Yeah, we're seeing that. Yeah, June 27th. It's going to be in three different theaters out here. Hell yeah. We got to go see it, dude. Okay. I, uh... I guess I guess that's a clean place to wrap up. We started talking about a different movie, so I guess. <laughs> All right, yeah. So let's go into our uh, our review or our, not our review, our rating. <laughs> yeah, let's get into our final ratings. Um, why don't you go first? I'm I'm interested to hear what you got to say. I am going to give this a seven because I think it did really well. I think there was a few things that it didn't necessarily finally tie together, but overall it was a positive movie. It's something I'd recommend and I see why it had such a, a big following. All right. 
I, uh, you know, I'm, that's a little lower than I was expecting, uh, from how you were talking about it. I'll be honest. I get, I guess I can see, yeah, there, there is still like a lack of understanding in the movie a little bit and like, like w with it all tying together, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, yep. I definitely get that. Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I think I'm going to give it a nine out of 10. I, I had so much fun watching this movie, um, that I fully understood why it's such a classic. Um, I was never bored. I've, I laughed harder than I've laughed at a movie in quite some time. Uh, uh, all the acting was perfect. Some of the cine cinematography was like beautiful. The transitions from like the dream sequences to reality uh, were really, really nice in some of the shots. Like, like that shot of him running away from the scissor clacking <laughs> Germans and then it transitions into him running in the middle of the road. Like <laughs> that was really cool. Uh, yeah as ridiculous as that what i just described sounds <laughs> uh the scene was really cool so yeah uh I, i'm gonna give it a 9 out of 10 and i might even be leaning a little more towards a 10 out of the 10 uh i'm probably gonna watch it again and i may change my review not sure um oh by the way mitchell uh i want to send you this website real quick you got to sign up for this it's the one I mentioned before in a different one. Uh, it's called Letterboxd. Letterboxd? Yes. And it's basically just a place to... Oh, what the hell? Uh, why is there an ad playing on my computer right now? Uh, there we go. Uh, it's basically just a website where you can keep track of movies that you've watched and put a rating for them. And I thought it's just a good way for anybody who like just joins the podcast or is interested in all our other... like. Uh, opinions um like i've already posted all of our previous episodes and my ratings in my letterbox so oh nice yeah so you can like go back and see um like what we've reviewed for other movies and stuff like that um yeah oh. so yeah this was a this was a good week man i'm i'm glad please click on each image containing a yoko wait what what the fuck is he? Oh, dude, I'm that assuming to... it's this thing. Yeah, dude, I think it's supposed to be a yo-yo. That's happened to me too. Now, I think they've, re I think they've literally outsourced all of captcha to AI, <laughs> like even down to like the messages they give you. Because yeah, I've okay, got, there... I've gotten that too. I, I had one that said, "Oh, match this shadow to the background," and it actually legitimately took me a while to figure out what it meant in the picture yeah, i failed the first three times that's what i'm saying i think they've literally outsourced all of captchas to ai because <laughs> even the images are like ai images now it's really weird um no this was a good week man i'm glad i'm glad we watched this movie i think it was a nice little reprieve from the last couple weeks of of uh <laughs> movies are you ready oh wait no I gave it my rating. Okay, so are you ready for your movie now? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm always ready, Mitchell. Lay it on me. Lay it on me, baby. Okay, so this is predicated on if you've seen this movie or not. Because um, okay. if not, I have a, a second one. Okay. Have you seen Undercover Brother? Oh, let me look it up real quick. Okay, it's not the one I thought it was. No, I haven't seen this. Okay, I haven't seen this, but I know about it. A little bit. Okay, that is that is going to be your movie to watch. I'm oh. actually excited to rewatch wow. that. Wow, wow, this is great. Yeah, this is... Oh, dude, I love this. I'm perfect. I'm so down for this. 
Uh, <laughs> yes, okay. Because you know what I thought this was for a second? I thought it was that stupid fucking movie that had Kevin Hart and Will Ferrell in it. Um, Get Hard. That's what it was called. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. No, this, yeah, this, this, this looks right up my alley. Uh, which we'll get more into when we talk about the movie itself, I'm sure. (laughs) All right. Hell yeah. All right. So next week we're going to be watching Undercover Brother, the 2002 comedy. 